cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Somebody say amen. Amen. But I'm preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ today. Hallelujah. I want to thank the leadership of this church for, for seeing fit to give me the podium today. You know, I, I love to teach and communicate and preach. It's one of my gift, you know, my gift things. Um, I also want to say I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to take that Abundant Life class. Amen. I'll be talking about that in a minute. Um, I'm going to be sharing with you, uh, I have a topic that's near and dear to my heart. I've made so many terrible decisions in my life. Amen. I made so many terrible decisions. And there's blatant terrible decisions. There's, there's, like everybody knows this is going to end up in a very bad situation as soon as I make the decision. But there's other decisions, right? As a Christian, getting saved, being blood washed, right? Having the Holy Spirit inside of me. Learning a couple of verses in the Bible and thinking that I know, that I know that God spoke to me. Thinking, listen, this is God's will for my life. I know it. Listen, you're not supposed to swear, but you, I would swear on a stack of Bibles that this is God's will for my life. God spoke to me. And my friends would tell me, Papi, you, you, this don't sound right. I'm like, you don't understand. You're not that spiritual. Me and God are like this. And, and he's speaking to me. You know, and they would say, Pastor Raymond, you know, even as a pastor, Pastor, just don't look. I, oh, you guys are not spiritual. I need a new group of friends. I need more spiritually minded men around. And um, but thinking that I know that I know, listen, swearing, believing with all my heart that God spoke to me and making a terrible decision, not knowing it was a terrible decision. Only waiting six months later, three months later, time to pay the piper type of situation. Like you ever use a credit card and you get excited with the credit card, you go shopping at the end of the month, you're not so excited no more? Come on, somebody. All right. So, so I want to talk to you uh, about discerning God's will for your life. About, there's a difference between a good decision and a God decision. There's a, there's, there's a difference between a God vision and a good vision. There's a difference between a good idea and a God idea. And I want to talk to you. I can't really get into it all. But I want to say that, that too many people are making the weirdest, craziest decisions that are impacting not only their lives, but the people's lives around them. And, and I want to help you to be able to discern between what's a God idea and a good idea or even a demonic idea. Because I mean, the Bible talks about in the Psalms that, that we need to be able to, to, to be vigilant and be careful to not fall into the snares of the fowler. I mean, there's, a, there's traps out there for us. And the devil knows, and the devil, you know, he uses our flesh in a very powerful way to get us to do what we want. It feels good, it tastes good, I want and then we end up in a place we never imagined we would end up. Amen? So I want to talk to you about that. Um, here, here's how I want to start. I was reading this scripture. I'm going to a missionary conference next week. I'll, I'll be preaching. I'm supposed to be here this like, Sunday, but I won't be here. I'm, I'm going to a missionary conference where I'm going to preach and teach about what God's done in my life, the Recovery House Worship Church Planting Movement, what's happening in California, New Jersey, in Staten Island, in Brooklyn, what God is doing in, in addicts' lives and their families and their friends, and how God has raised up a couple of young men to just start a movement because you're part of a movement. And I'm using this, this verse. I was looking at the verse. This chapter, it's in Acts chapter 16. And there's a Macedonian call. You know, and Silas, Timothy, and Luke, they're trying to go to preach the gospel someplace. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit stops them. We're going to read it in a minute. And they try to go someplace else, and the Holy Spirit stops them. And so they wanted to go preach in one area, and God wanted them to go to another area. And it's a big deal, the Macedonian call. The, Mas- the guy begs them to come preach the gospel where he's at. 
And so I, I, I use that scripture to bring out the fact that everybody here can be a solution to someone's problem. Teenage pregnancy, gangs, drugs, domestic violence, whatever problem. I might not be so concerned with domestic violence, but there might be a woman here who lived through some stuff that needs to stand up and out to a hurting woman that's getting beat up in the name of love. Can somebody say amen? And so, so I talk about that, but I was looking at the description, and I want to talk about discerning God's will for your life and being able to hear God's voice. Amen? So in this church, even though we dress down and we try to keep it, you know, cool and everything like that, we like to stand for the reading of God's word in honor and reverence of God. Would you stand with me, amen, as we read these scriptures? I'm going to read them to you. I need the Holy Ghost to help me with some of these words. Amen. Paul came to Derbe, to Derbe and then to Lystra, where a disciple named Timothy lived, whose mother was Jewish and a believer, but was father, whose father was a Greek. The believers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. Paul wanted to take him along the, on the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in the faith and grew daily in numbers. Verse 6. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia, Phrygia, all right? It's Phrygia. And Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia, when they came to the border of Mysiah, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysiah, Mysiah and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, Come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready to, at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. May God bless the reading of his word. Amen? Praise the Lord. You may be seated. So, so here in the scripture is something that's happening. It's very important that's happening. And, and I, I want to try to bring it out to you. In order to do God's will, in order to obey God's word, in order to live the spirit-filled life, in order to be, they say obedience is better than sacrifice, in order to be a, a Christian that conquers, a Christian that's an overcomer, in order to live the abundant life, in order to be the head and not the tail, in order that no weapon forged against you shall prosper, in order that all your needs, in order for all of God's blessings to be a reality in someone's life, you must be in God's will. Too many people try to think that they can do whatever they want to do and expect God to bless whatever they choose, like, choose to do. And unfortunately, there's a, a very harsh reality in the Bible that God will never bless the flesh. In fact, all carnal decisions, all fleshly decisions, all self-will, everything that comes from oneself that doesn't come from God will lead to death. Death of relationships, death of opportunities, death of jobs, death. And so what happens is that the enemy knows this. How many know we got three enemies? We got the world, do things. We have the, 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 the enemy in us, the flesh, and we have the devil and his army. We have three enemies that we wage war against. And so what happens is this. The devil knows what we're more inclined to do. The devil knows, it, 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 let's say, for instance, you struggle with sexual, sexuality issues. The devil knows that. And will tempt you through sexual... Let's say you struggle with alcohol. 
The devil knows that and will tell you, let's say you struggle with, with, with drugs. Whatever your struggle might be, in James it says every man is drawn away by his own lust. And the devil knows what our lust is. What, what, what we're more light, what we're more, he's not going to tempt me with, with something that, I, that, I, that I'm not a, uh, appealed to, that I'm not, that I don't chase after, that that's not appealing to me. He's going to tempt me with something that I kind of like, so to speak. He's going to tempt me with things that have, I've fallen with in the past. He's going to tempt me with the issues that he knows is there. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you? So, what happens is this. So the devil will come and he'll appeal to my flesh. So he'll, he'll, he'll appeal, he'll offer me. He won't offer me a suit that doesn't fit me. So it's going to look good. It's going to smell good. It's going to be my flavor. It's going to be my thing. You know your thing. And it's easy to look at, to see other people's things. It's easy to say, oh, I can't believe the sister struggles with this. What's wrong? Can't she see? I can't believe the brother has it. It's easy to see other people's stuff. But we need to not worry about other people. Stop looking out the window. We need to be looking in the mirror. All right? And so the devil appears to our flesh. And, his, and it's not that complicated. We rationalize. We justify. We, we, we lie. We do whatever we got to do so that all can be done. And, and here's the point to understand. Our will never works. It just never works. I don't know if you, if you have that. I don't, I don't know if you've learned that lesson yet. But it's, it's, it, it costs a lot. And it's good if you learn it one time. All right? Too many people have to learn it over and over and over again. So, so I want to help you discern God's voice. In the scripture we just read, I don't know if you get it. It's a big deal. It says that the Holy Spirit stopped them from going to Asia. They went to, they went to do a good thing. They went to preach the gospel. This is Paul's second, second missionary journey. He, he, he goes on three missionary journeys. This is his second one. He's preaching the gospel. He's bringing forth the message of God. He's a man of God. He's an apostle. He wrote the New Testament. He's a warrior from God. He, you know, he's very, he's, even today his name is ringing bells all over the world, right? And so only the jail people understand that. But, but his, he, he's a man of God. And on two separate occasions, on two separate occasions, even Paul, who's a man of God, who's a theologian, who knows, you know, a lot that needs to be known about God, who encountered God in a very special way, on two separate occasions, he mistakes God's will. On two separate occasions, he goes a route that God don't want him to go. The first time he went, the Holy Spirit stopped him. The second time he went, the Holy Spirit stopped him. It's, I, I, that's a good point to make, because I'm, I'm a little bit, and please forgive me, I'm a little bit leery or weary, whatever word, I get a little anxiety when I get people around me that they always know what God wants them to do. I get, oh, God told me, God told me, God. There's so, they, they say God told me to justify and rationalize what they want to do. And, and listen, it's, as you can see, Paul here in two separate occasions did not know the leading of God. He went someplace and the Holy Spirit had to stop him. And I, and I got to confess to you, as a pastor, I don't always know what God's will is. I gotta work it out, I gotta fast, I gotta pray, I gotta seek the scriptures, I gotta speak to counsel, I gotta pastors more mature than me, I gotta seek out. And so it's important that, that you get, that you understand that, that sometimes you gotta wrestle with God's will, you gotta wrestle through the scriptures, you gotta seek, you gotta pray. Not everything is so black and white, so to speak. The big rocks, of course, God hates divorce, yes, amen, God hates divorce. Don't kill, yes, don't kill. Don't steal, yes, don't steal. But what college should our kids go to? You know, what college, what, what, my, my, my son is getting, my daughter is looking for, what, what, what high school should I send him to? That's not, that, there's a little bit of gray there. And, and, and I got to seek God's face, I got to seek God's will, and, and there's practical things. I'll give you one real quick. Doors were closed. Holy Spirit closed those doors. So if God is closed, don't, cry, don't try to kick him open. 
Sometimes God will use man to reject you. I don't know if you have a full application and you really want this job. I've been looking for an apartment. I want this, I want this apartment and I don't get it. Sometimes man's rejection is God's direction. Somebody needs to hear that. Sometimes man's sometimes that job, that apartment, that school, that application got rejected because God's trying to direct you. And so one of the practical things is don't the door that God is closing. Amen? thing is that he had at least four people with him. He had, he had Luke and he had Timothy, at least three people with him. There was at least four people having a little group conscience. They got together, they discussed it, they prayed. Don't make decisions on your own. Simple, practical application. Don't make, listen, the Bible says without, in, in the multitude of counsel, you'll find wisdom, the Bible says. No king goes to war without counsel first. The Bible is very, he says, we're, he says we're, we're two together, right? If one is, if one is alone, if he stumbles and falls, nobody can help him. But if two together, he can be helped up. And a strand of three cannot easily be broken. And how many did Jesus send them out in? In ones? Twos. He sent them out in twos, right? So I feel sorry and I'm very worried about the person that says, I don't need nobody. God. Because the person in God don't know that the, that the devil comes as an angel of light. And so we need counsel. We need confirmation. We need affirmation. We need to know that, that what, what we're making a decision based on God's word, led by his spirit, not the devil. And, and, and let me tell you, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I won't be here next week, so check it out. <laughs> here is the way I and maybe you love to justify our stuff. You know what we say? We say stuff like this. God knows my heart. You ever, God knows my heart. If my wife says, I love you, you know my heart, but she's doing something crazy, I don't care about your heart. I care about what you're doing. And, and let, me, let, me, let me give you some, some, some rough clarity. Maybe you don't know your heart. Because the Bible is clear that above all, the heart is deceitful. Above all. So, let, so don't let the thing that's above all deceitful be the thing that leads you. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. I'm teaching you. Okay, amen. So here we go. I'm teaching, I'm teaching some good stuff. I hope you're getting this. I hope you're getting Luke chapter 8. We're going to go to Luke chapter 8 in a minute. Jesus shares a parable. He says, let him who has ears, let him hear. So there's some people that are here, but they can't hear. Did you hear me? <laughs> Let's go to Luke chapter 8. Come on. <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. Luke chapter 8. Here's what happens, all right. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were there with him. And also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases, Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven come out, Joanna, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household, Susanna, and many others. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. I just I just want to say this. Woman, I want to give you a shout out. I know sometimes in some churches you get beat up, but right here the Bible is the lady, woman, women are very important to the ministry, and women's houses, and women's prayer meetings. We're very grateful for the ladies. Uh, women are not a second class citizen in the, in the house of God. You know, just want you, women are very important, and we love you, respect you, and want you to know that God sees you and is very important, and your ministry is very important. Amen? Okay. You can go to the next one. All right. So while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told them, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. 
Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. Amen. When he said this, he called out to them, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. And basically what, what I think that is that some people just can't hear God. He's, here's Jesus is speaking. There's a large crowd. Like a large, and he says, check it out, check it out, check it out. And he says, let him who have ears, let him hear. I think there's some people that there's spiritual wax that clogs up our ability to hear God. I think there's some stuff that needs to get out the way before we can hear God. And, and, and let me just break down the, the, the parable. The seed that's sown is the word of God. The seed that's sown is the word of God. The ground that it falls on is our hearts. Our hearts. The sower sowing seeds is whatever vehicle God uses. It could be a pastor, a preacher, TV, song. You know, but the word of God is a seed. The, the, the heart, the ground is the heart. And the results we'll talk about in a minute. But here's what, I'm, here's what I want to use this illustration. There, there's four kinds of hearts. There's four kinds of mindsets. I think that it's important that everybody understands that before God can speak to you, there's some things that need to be established. Let me tell you the basic stuff. That's, even though somebody told me this a long time ago. Common sense is not a common thing. Somebody told me that. An old man, 100 years old. Right? Common sense. Let me tell you the first thing that needs to happen if someone's going to hear from God. You've got to be able to hear from God before you can discern if it's God. Amen? First thing is you've got to know God. You've got to know God. Let me tell you what I've, I've experienced. I know many people who know about God, but don't know God. I know people that know God's word. They know God's word. They know God's word. They know God's word. They know God's word, but they miss out and they don't know the God of the word. I know people like that. I know people who think they know God. But they don't know God. And so the first thing that must happen is that you must experience regeneration. The Holy Spirit must, w- w- must woe you to himself. The Holy Spirit must give you a clarity about God is speaking to you. you got to be able to be saved. you got to accept Jesus Christ. Who is God? Jesus Christ is God. God the Father is God. The Holy Spirit is God. In order to discern God's voice, you need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not a thing. The Holy Spirit is a person. Now, I'm going to blow your minds in a minute. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. You won't find Trinity in the Bible, but you'll find Godhead. It's three persons, one God, not manifestations. Three persons, one God. They're all equally empowered. God the Son is as powerful as God the Father. God the Holy Spirit is as powerful as God the Father. They have equal power, equal. There's all God. Three persons, one God. What are you talking about? I, can't, I know Muslims are baffled by this. I understand. We don't believe in three gods. We believe in one God, three persons. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Now, now I'm gonna, I can try to explain it to you, but words will never be adequate. Let me give you an example. I am Lisa's brother. I'm also Valerie's husband, and I'm also Bianca's father. Right? Okay. I play. That's not good enough. H2O. Right? You got water. Yeah, I'm not going to use that one today. Water, ice, and vapor. It's still H2O. I, an egg. You got, you got the shell, which you don't eat. At least, we don't eat it in my culture. We don't eat the shell. I, I've been to places where they eat the, the shells. I'm just, I've been to places, in some places they eat the shell. Okay? You go on some missionary trips, you will eat the shell. Okay. Then you got the, the white part, and then you got the yolk. It's all egg. So that sounds good, okay, but it, it's inadequate. Let me give you a, a, a quote that's pretty cool. A theologian said that if you don't believe in the Trinity, you will lose your soul. But if you try to understand the Trinity, you can lose your mind. <laughs> that's a good one right there. Amen. So, so check it out. So, so that's God. So I'm talking about 
This is the working of the Holy Spirit. That you, we got to learn to discern the Holy Spirit when it's working in us. I said at the 9 o'clock service, I might be arguing with somebody. I might be rebuking somebody. I'd be like, brother, you know what your problem is? You don't show up to church. You want God to bless you, but you're not blessable. You're not an apostle to be blessed. And you think that God's supposed to be, and I'm not going to be all, you know. You know what your problem is? Because so I'm like that. Pastor, this is nice. Like, Pastor, be, tell me. Oh, I'm going to pray for you. Oh, Pat, I'm not lying. Like, brother, you know your problem? You need to put on your boots. You need to be a man when you was a child. I, so I could be in the middle of this whole thing. Phone call, right? And I pick up my phone, and it's my wife. Immediately, I know her voice. So I'll be like, brother, you know what your problem is? And I'll be like, hello, precious. How you doing? How you doing, baby girl? What's for, and I could go from, brother, you know what your problem is? To, what's up, mommy? What's going on? Why? Because I, I know her voice. I know her voice. Are oh, you understand what I'm saying to you? All right. It's important. We need more Christians that you be watching the TV show and in a moment it looks good and it's action packed. But, but you hear a voice that says, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I know my father's voice. Change the channel. Change the channel. Change the channel. We need, we need to be able to hear God's voice when you're in the midst of a conversation and God speaks to you because you're discerning the Holy Spirit. It's trying to woe you and you pull away and say, no, that's not a funny joke. I appreciate it, but I'm not down with that. We need to be moved and woed by the Holy Spirit. We need to know our father. The Bible says, my my sheep hear my voice, know my voice. And we need more Christians the same way I know my wife's voice, the same way, you know, you, that you would yield to the Holy Spirit. But there's too much clutter. Actions. Some people even have a, a closed mind. The first soil that you see here is, is the seed that falls on the, on the, on the path. And there's two, there's two principles about the path, right? Every, every time the sower sows in every farm, there's paths where you got to walk on. And there's two points about the path. One is that the path is narrow. Two is that it's hard. You ever run into someone who has a hard heart and a narrow mind? See, there is a closed mind. That mind is closed. There's a reason for a hard heart. It can be hurt. Right? Somebody can hurt you. Right? The church, you know... We are one happy, dysfunctional family. All right? And let me tell you why we're dysfunctional. Because you and me are here. Not just me. You and me have issues. All right? Your issues might be a little bit different than mine. You might like strawberry. I like hazelnut. But it's still ice cream. We got issues. Okay? And so... So what happens is you might get hurt by the church, or, or, or your father might have broke your heart, your mother, whatever. You got hurt. You've been hurt. You've, been, you've experienced some trauma. Somebody disappointed you. Somebody rejected you. Somebody lied on you. They sold you a dream, and you couldn't escape a nightmare. And your heart gets hard. And what happens is when your heart gets hard, you become close-minded. And you get prideful and angry, and you can't hear God. In fact, you might not even want to speak. And listen, it's very important. When your heart is hard, when you've been through a little something, something, when you felt the weight of the world on your shoulders, when you feel you're the only one that's been through this or that, that's not the time to run away from God. That's the time to run to God. Heal your heart. He's the one that can touch your mind. He's the one that can heal those scars. He's the one that can remove those lies, the, 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 the death words that were spoken into your life. He's the one that can erase them. If you've been called a, a tecato sucio, uh, you know, whatever, I can't say all those words. But if you've been called some bad words in your life, Jesus Christ can change your name. Amen. He can change your name. Whatever, whatever, you, they, you're never going to be good for nothing. You're, whatever you've been through, He can warm your heart. The Bible says very clear, He takes a heart of stone and turns it into a heart of flesh. Are you with me? 
Okay, so, so that's the hard ground. And, and here's what happens in the hard ground. The word of God goes out, but it doesn't, take, it doesn't pierce the heart. An opening must be made. You've got to open your mind. You've got to ask God, and we're, at the end of this, we're going to pray, and we're going to ask God to do a surgery. But if you come here and, and you're here for whatever reason, or you just, you might be, not be a Christian, and you're just trying to kick the Christian child. Listen, I know what it is to have, like, be in recovery, be clean without God. And know that there's something that's void. I don't have the power to live out the principles. I don't have the power to live out the way I want. And to be, the things I hate, this I do. The things I want to do, I cannot do. Because I don't have Christ Jesus in my life. And so if you're struggling there and you don't know Jesus Christ, at the end I'm going to give you an opportunity. Please surrender your life to the Lord. People think, like, let's say, for instance, my sister. If my sister accepts the Lord, she's saved already. But if she wasn't saved, I don't get five dollars if she accepts the Lord or not. I'm not working off commission here. Right? If you accept the Lord, you're the one that gets blessed. I'm not, if you don't accept the Lord, I'm still going to eat sushi after lunch. You, you understand? But I want you to know the peace that comes from God. I want you to know the healing power. I want you to know the delivering power. I, I, I come from a, I'm, I'm an ex-drug addict. I, I, I used to use drugs. And whenever I found good drugs, because if, if you was cool with me, I would tell you, yo, go to the Bronx. They got it good in the Bronx. You got to take the sixth train. Go. I would tell people, where, don't cop over there. It's not good. Go over there. I found, I found some good stuff. I found some good stuff. And all I'm trying to tell the people, yo, they got it good, Jesus Christ. Forget the dope, get with the hope, right? Okay. So, so just, if you come with a closed mind, if you're struggling, if you're angry, if you, if you, I understand I come from that. Please allow the Holy Spirit to perform a surgery. Open your mind. It's awesome. It's just, I'm in recovery. and recovery, there's this wonderful line in the literature of recovery. It says, what will happen to me when I turn my will I order care of God? I'll tell you what. You won't be as depressed. You won't be as anxious. You won't be as miserable. You won't be as insecure. You won't be as afraid. The power of God begins to come into your life and you experience transformation. The people are crazy. They're afraid of God. I got a friend, true story, I got a friend of mine who told me this, I want to be like you Christians, I see you guys on the God squad, I see you, I see you. But I, you know, you know he, he says, I, I want that, I want that. But, but here's what he told me. He said, but my uncle went to a church and he gave me, he said, Puno, hallelujah, he became a hallelujah. And he's on the corner with the bullhorn. You're going to hell! You're going to burn! You're going to hell! You know, and, he's, and here's what he said. He says, I don't want to be on the corner with a bullhorn. True story. I said, Papi, you don't got to get a bullhorn. You got you to gotta miss picture. Your picture is twisted of Christianity. I don't even know if your, if your uncle was called to do that. But I know that when God comes upon you, depending on your gift mix, he'll use you right there. You might need to be behind a computer in the church. You don't need a bullhorn. Some people don't need a bullhorn. Some people should not be given a bullhorn. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay, so, so if you've got a hard heart, we're going to pray for you today. God's going to soften your heart. Amen? All right, the next one, the next one, all right, <coughs> Excuse me. the next one is this. It says in 8.6, other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. This seed began to grow, but soon it withered and died for lack of moisture. It withered and died for lack of moisture. In verse 13, Jesus says this, the rocky soil represents those who hear the message with joy. But like young plants in such soil, their roots don't go very deep. They believe for a while, but they wilt when the hot winds of testing blows. Somebody say hot winds of testing. Okay, very good. This is superficial. This is a, we got a closed mind and now you got a superficial mind. 
You, this is a superficial pursuit. This is people, like, at a red light, they say, God, I got 30 seconds before the light turns green. Talk to me. It's people say, I'm going to church once. If you don't speak. These people, they, they got a superficial perspective, a, super, a superficial pursuit, right? And here's what you need to know. They're not deeply rooted. They, they walk with God. And listen, I'm going to say, if you can't say amen, say ouch, all right? It's possible to be in the church 20 years and be one inch deep. It's, po- it's possible that, that you've never grown. You, you, you don't know what it is to memorize scripture. You don't know what it is to be in the power and the presence of God. That your spiritual gift is critical. You, you see, all the, It's important that, that you understand that you've you got to grow in the Lord. It says here that in the superficial ground, the, mind, the superficial mind, that when the heat comes, it's going to get hot. I told the cop service, man, if you pursue God, you know, it's going to get hot in here. If you start seeking God, it's going to get hot up in here. And no, don't take off your clothes. Put on the armor of God. Put on the armor of God. Because, you know, the song is getting hot in here. No, it gets hot up in this camp. And you're going to be tested. There's testing going to come. You know, you, you do a Bible study on forgiveness. I, I preached a powerful sermon when they said, Father, where God anointed me. And we all cried and we all repented. We forgave people. But when you hear a sermon like forgiveness, forgive those who hurt you. Bless those that persecute you. You know, those are, if you love people who love you, you haven't loved nobody. You've got to love those who hate you. Now you've loved. When you hear messages like that and you think you cry, you think you got it. On Wednesday, God's going to see if you got it. With somebody out there who treats you unfairly, somebody that you don't like, to, you know, you're gonna get tested. And people say God don't test people, right? Listen, God tests Abraham. God, God tests Abraham, right? Jesus was tempted. God allowed him to be tempted. What, what Job went through, the devil can't do nothing to you that God doesn't allow to happen. That's a, that's a mature, difficult truth. Because when you go through something, you say, God, why are you letting this happen? He's trying to grow you. Relax. It's not happening to you. It's happening for you. But you need to know these things. You need to know. So when the testing comes, and we got people like that. We go to retreat, we go to conference, or every now and then, we, you know, we, come on, we're going to be warriors for the Lord. And we say, yeah, I'm going to be a warrior for the Lord. And devil, where you at? I'm a, you're a coward. I'm going to get you in the name of, you know, we get all amped up, you know. Yeah. And then the testing comes. And then somebody hurts your feelings. And then you don't get that job, or you lose your job. Or something doesn't go, the testing comes. And it says here, that, that the heat, word of God will, amen? amen? All right. So, next one, because I got to go. The next one, so, shallow soil, all right? That's when you're superficial in your, in your pursuit, that's shallow soil. The next one is this, 8-7. Other seed fell among thorns. Somebody say thorns. thorns. That shot up and choked out the, t- the tender blades, Luke 8-7, all right? The thorny ground represents, to, represents those who hear and accept the message. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. That's 814. All right. Here's what happens. They hear the word. They agree with the word. But they let the cares of this world. They let money, property, prestige, relationships, my son, my mother, my family, my daughter. My, they let per careers and they let pursuits pull them away. They, what happens is this. Right. They're distracted. They hear the word. They agree with the word. They receive the word. But they, they get distracted by, you know, what Jordans are coming out or what's the next thing or what's that or video games. And I know people... Unfold, that spend hours on YouTube and Facebook. Hours. You know that, that the devil's stealing those, that time from you? That you're never going to get it back? And now if you were doing something productive and connecting, that's great. I know people who, for hours, they watch dumb videos. 
And I'm like, listen, you're not going to get that. So what happens is there's distractions. And sometimes there's valid stuff, like we got to work and we need one a promotion, we want a career. Education is important. But we, got, we can't let the cares of the world pull us away from it. What happens is this. The cares choke out God's word. I, I was telling a story earlier, right, about hearing God's voice. Like, I mean, how do you discern God's voice? And, and here's what I told about a pastor. A pastor in a church who was called by another church, let's say in Florida, nice climate, nice heat. And they offered him four times the pay he was getting at his present church, right? So him being a spiritual man, he said, man, I want to pray about this. I want to fast through this. I want to make sure I want to do God's will. So he's praying and fasting. So that some, somebody in the church asks his son. They said, so what is your father going to do? He said, well, my father's praying and he's fasting. He's seeking God's face. He wants to do God's, you know, the right thing. He said, but my mother's packing. <laughs> All right? And to some people, this is a very sad reality. Money speaks much louder than God. Money speaks much louder than God. And let me tell you something. The love of money, money is good. Money is necessary. We need money. Right? We need, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a van. I got to buy a van. We're taking people to detox, taking people here, all this stuff. We need a van. Right? I'm gonna, we're going to buy a van. It costs money. for The love of money is the root to all evil. The obsession for money, the pursuit, the, the lust after money. We need money. And so what happens is some people, some people relationship speaks louder than God. Some people have such a need to be loved that instead of allowing God's love to fulfill them, they settle for the devil's counterfeit. And they get, and, and listen, here's, here's what happens. The flesh, the flesh will always, always, always take you further than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. And it will always cost you much more than you was willing to pay. Always. It'll promise this and promise that. Smells good, tastes good. But when, the, when you find yourself in that place and you wonder, how did I get here? You didn't discern God's voice. You didn't seek wise counsel. You kicked in the door that was closed. You didn't even seek God. Are you with me? So, so we got to be careful. Now, now, here's the thing. What's distracting you? Be honest. What's distracting Let me tell you what distracts me from Jesus Christ. Ministry. Ministry. He didn't call me to be a minister. He called me to be his child first. And Mark, he says, I called, he called this guy, this guy, I called Raymond, I called Claudia, I called Edwin, I called James, I called Irwin, I called, and I called him to himself first. And then to go out, preach the gospel, rebuke demons. But he wants me to be his child. I'm a child of God first and foremost. And out of that relationship, something's supposed to happen. I'm supposed to live a spiritual life. And out of that relationship, ministry and love and compassion and all. But sometimes ministry can be my mistress. I'm, I'm getting naked in front. Sometimes ministry could be the thing I use to, to abandon my family. Sometimes ministry could be the thing I use to abandon God. Min, min, you, you know, I'm obsessive, I'm obsessive and compulsive. Ministry. What, what, what's your thing? What, what, what distracts you? Sometimes my kids can distract me. I, saw, I don't even want to see what they're doing on Facebook because I'm going to kill them. You know, yeah, but I'm going to mock at them just one time. I think if I slap them hard one time, no. You know, I need to let the Holy Spirit do his job. But the kids can be a distraction. Finances can be a distraction. Other people's blessings can be a distraction. Looking at them, wow, why he's, why he's blessed. That church is growing. Why that guy, without, what's your distraction? Because the Bible says that those are thorns and they're going to they're gonna squeeze out God's word in your life. Amen? Okay. The last one, and I got to go, is the good ground. The good ground. And, and this is very simple. This is, these, the good ground is a mind that's open and willing. Somebody say open, open. and willing. willing. 
when, when I wasn't a Christian, I'm going to share something with you. When I wasn't a Christian, I, I didn't want God to be Jesus Christ. I don't know if you can understand what I'm saying. I was seeking after God, but absolutely, positively, and definitely, Jesus Christ was not invited. I was, I, I was in recovery. I was pursuing after God. I was beating on drums. I went to... I went. To, I studied the Quran. I studied with Jehovah's Witnesses. I hung out with the Buddhists. I like the Buddhists the most, right? That was because you know I, I, I like the disciplines of, of, of Islam five times a day. No pork. I, I, I like. I was drawn, but I was not open to Christianity. So it's important that you, that you understand. When I was pursuing after God, and and and, and here's the thing: it's very important to understand. I was pursuing after God, but Jesus was not invited. And here's the thing: Jesus is the only one that can heal those hurts. Jesus is the only one that, that can come and transform your mind. There's, there's some things, that, there's some people that can change, on the, they, people that can change in their own power to a certain extent. You ever, ever heard of a dry drunk? You know what a dry drunk is? It's an alcoholic who stops drinking in their own power, but they're miserable as all get out. There's people who are clean like that. They just, you know, they can reach, there's a ceiling to your spirituality. There's a ceiling to how far you can go without Jesus. I'm just, I'm just saying, and, and if you don't believe me, just keep living. Don't have Christ in your life and you'll see. Okay. So now, I got to get out the way. A good, ground, a, good, a good ground is open and willing where you become open. Christ, where I, I, I got to a point where I was so painful and desperate and my life was so, that I didn't care who God was. I just needed him. And everything I tried, you ever heard my testimony? Jesus Christ was the last card in the deck and the first thing that worked. I tried everything first. And I came to Jesus, he changed my life, wonderful. Now, here's the thing. you got to be open. If you don't know Jesus Christ, you got to be open. you got to say, Lord, if it's you, change my life. Lord, if it's your will. You know, the, 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 mind, the blind man said, Lord, if it's your will. He said, of course it's my will. Are you willing? Are you willing? So here, you got to be open and you got to be willing. I signed a contract with God. Check out what I did. Blank contract. It said, God's will, blank lines, please sign at the bottom. I said, what do you think? I'm a herb? I said, you're going to try to, hallelujah, with a bullhorn in the corner? Well, you, well you, I'm going to be speaking in tongues and bugging out. I don't want none of that. Right? And so I, saw, I, had to, I had to be willing to say, God, here I come. Whatever you want me to do, whoever you want me to love, wherever you want me to go, whatever you want. You got to come and be open and willing. You got to have that type of heart and mindset so that God, listen, God won't speak until you're willing to hear his voice. You know, there's people that tell me, Pastor, I, I really want to believe it. I need to see it first. I'm one of those people that need to see it in order to believe it. Well, check it out. There's sometimes that God will never let you see it until you believe it first. And so you'll never see it. And so you've got to be open and willing. Listen to me, all right? Listen to me. Wherever you are, that wherever your ground, whatever mind, whatever heart set, that you do, you do business with God today. If you're mad at the church, if somebody... If you, I remember when I relapsed, I was mad at myself. I, used, I was clean for a couple of months, and I went back to using drugs. I wasn't mad at nobody. I knew I chose to pick up. And I was mad at me. I don't know if you've ever been mad at yourself. You know, anger turned inward is, is depression and, and anxiety and resentful. It's, it's terrible being resentful at yourself when you know you did something wrong and you messed up behind it. So here's what I want to do. I know the music is going to come up. I got to get out of here. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you, but I want to give you an opportunity to search your heart. They're going to play, they're going to sing half of a song, and I want you to think about where your heart is at. Are you open to Jesus? Are you willing? Are you, if you don't deal with your heart and your mind, then you won't be able to discern God's voice. And let me tell you how important this is in this area as, the, as they come up. 
Paul received the massive... And he went to minister. Many people got saved and, you know, all church history was written, blah, blah, blah. When Pastor Edwin and Pastor, and Pastor Raymond got this vision from God, a lot of addicts were reached in places that no other church could reach them. I don't know. You, you might happen, especially if you got saved in a meeting or you went on a retreat or the workshop. No other churches were going, were going after them. In fact, churches were banning the recovery people. They call 12-step a cult, and they want nothing to do with them. They got their own stuff. And, but Pastor Elder and Pastor Raymond, God gave us a vision to, to, to be in the rooms, to, to be part of the culture, not to abandon the rooms. Don't leave it in religious zeal. Don't break traditions. Be a good member in recovery, and let your light shine by how you live. Listen, thousands of people have come to know the Lord behind that. Not, man, not, not because of man. Not because of man, but because of God's working power. Because, because God allowed, because God worked, because it's always God, it's never us, it's not in our own power, it's not because we're good, it's not because we're spiritual, it's because the grace of God has fallen upon you, you were able to hear, and God began to mold and shape you. But you got to be willing, amen? amen? Let's sing this song, amen, I want you to meditate. We want to surrender to Jesus Christ today. God has a plan for you, God has a purpose for your life. He wants to give you a vision, there's hurting people waiting for you to together so you can go out and build a bridge to them and the church. But we need to deal with our hearts and our minds today. Hallelujah.